the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Here it is, a Tuesday. I hope your Monday, your Labor Day was a good one. I had a good day off. Didn't do very much. Uh, Went out, had to do uh, some shopping, because as you know, I'm going on vacation right after I get (laughs) off of the air on Friday. So I was picking stuff up that I want to take with me to to Florida. You know how that goes. You got to have some stuff. You got to have stuff. And so uh, I went out. And picked up, just in case, bandages, <laughs> things of that nature, just to be sure that I was going to be uh, safe. Elizabeth is here. How was your Labor Day? Oh, it was wonderful. We had a really great weekend. We got caught up on a lot of to-do things on our to-do list. <laughs> well, that's always a good thing to do. How about you, Heidi? You have a good Labor Day? I did. I had a I had a great Labor Day. Just uh, hung out with the family. Um, didn't do much. It was uh, we went over to Lake Hamilton. My aunt has a has a house over there, and Ooh. we got to go on the boat. And yeah, cool. it was fun. Yeah. All right, and you had beautiful you, for that. Do you do you want to make your your amazing announcement? Well, um, okay. Since my uh, y'all don't know who my sister is, so I feel like I'm keeping her identity a secret. Um, but uh, she and her husband are going to have a baby. So I'm going to be an aunt Yay. come uh, come oh, late okay. spring, you know, next summer. So that'll be fun. This is your first time, right? Yes, yes. So uh, I'm going to spoil that child rotten yep. <laughs> when the time comes. And, so I'm excited. And you, and you will. And yes. And you will. And by the way, today, kind of a special day. I was, and just to tell you how I take my career, I just get up every morning and do my show. You know, I don't think too much about, you know, how many years I've been doing it and things of that nature. (laughs) I just make sure that I do a solid show. And uh, today, uh, Elizabeth says, have you seen your Facebook yet? And I said, no, I haven't looked at it. She says, well, go look at it. And I went and looked at it, and I still haven't found it, Elizabeth. I don't know why I haven't found it. But anyway, (laughs) uh, you you put down that uh, today, and, and rightly, you are correct today is my 20th anniversary here on little rock radio i got here on on labor day of uh, 2000 that's when i started right that's before pretty neat. 20 years arkansas yeah. talk legend we're, we're we're you know i don't know where we'd be in arkansas without conservative voice on the radio that you've brought for 20 years 20 years you're part pretty of the reason that we have more conservatives in our legislature today yeah, right. That, I've got some people that ran for office that never would have run for office, except that That's I right. told them to run for office. 
<laughs> and you've provided <laughs> so such a platform for people who needed to get the voice, their voice out and their message out to people who think like they think. It didn't happen before you came to Little Rock. It just didn't happen. It was so, so cool awesome. on Friday. Congratulations. Thank you. Did you hear the show on Friday on the first hour? Did I hear it? Yes. Yeah, did you hear what I had Whitney on? She was awesome, and you used that that youth panel that she was on. Oh, I'm so excited about the idea that you're going to have a reunion. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Isn't that kind of cool, what they went on, what they've gone on to do? I just thought that that was so awesome. I mean, Josh Mesker uh, went on and ran and, and, and... and won a position down in Saline County for uh, I don't know if he was one or two terms uh, as a uh, as a uh, justice of the peace. Yeah. And then uh, Christian went on to work with the governor and still working in Arkansas politics, if I'm not mistaken. I believe that's true. Yeah. And I'm trying to think of a gentleman. Is it Staley? Is that his name that was up in uh, Searcy just writing a blog and I and about the city? And I've oh, had Nick him Horton. On. Nick Horton, Nick yeah, Horton. And now and now he's a he's a nationally known uh, writer, uh, conservative writer, and then uh, Foundation for Government Accountability, writing about and, Medicare. Mm-hmm. And then and then Whitney, you know, she's uh, she's like the end all be all as far as you know um, electrical engineering. It's a <laughs> she's really amazing to me. That's a smart woman. I got to tell you, can't call her a girl anymore. Did you hear Friday? <laughs> Did you hear what I She's 30 years old now, Elizabeth. No way. I didn't yes. hear that part. No way. Boy, she's does that 30. make me feel old. Because I remember yeah. hearing them on the radio. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah, you and remember it hearing lively. it when she was 16, man. Yo, quite they lively. Were good. Yes. They were really good. I don't know if I could ever yeah. find that kind of a series of young people again. Well, I you've really launched don't. a lot of different uh, voices and helped, again, get the voice, get the word out. And uh, it's just phenomenal 20 years and continuing 50 years by the way this whole entire year 50 years in the radio business yeah radio might as well kind of dive into that you got a few more months left (laughs) long time in radio yeah that's you look at me heidi that's what your next 50 years looks like (laughs) 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 yeah I was looking at my Facebook, and I've lost it now, Elizabeth. You're going to have to help me because I lose things. I, it, it came up like, you know, this this was happened like 10 years ago. Where is that disappeared to? Can I find that again on my Facebook page? What What are you saying? What are you looking for? Well, I'm looking for that list that I was telling you about. Oh, my. You'll never find it again. You'll have to rewrite it. You'll have to. You can look forever. That's the problem with Facebook. You can look up a link. But you got to know how most people don't. Once you see something, you better better screen print it when you see it because it ain't going to come back. Facebook's bad about that. Yeah, I should have I done that. But here's the key. I just thought it was cool that I was sitting there and uh, 10 years ago, it popped up. 10 years ago, I listed the 10 books that had most influenced my life. And I can still say those 10 are the 10 that really still influenced my life. Number one was the Bible, of course. Of course. Then number two was uh, the late great planet Earth with Francis Schaeffer, or whatever he, not late great planet Earth, whatever happened to the human race by Francis Schaeffer. 
Uh, number three was Escape from Reason by Francis Schaefer. Um, I, I may not be able to get to 10 off the top of my head. Four, uh, I can tell you, Animal, Animal Farm was on there. Uh, Brave New World was on there. 1984, 1984 was on there. Uh, Road to Serfdom was on there. Trying to think now off the top of my head here because I don't have the list in front of me now. Ben-Hur was number 10. I do remember that. And I'm rereading that book right now, uh, which is interesting. What a great movie. What a gr- The book is so much better than the movie, but the, the, the movie was fantastic in and of itself. And it, it's Fountainhead, my, Anne Rand. That's right, Fountainhead and uh, the other Anne Rand book. Uh, Atlas Shrugged. Atlas Shrugged, yeah. Those are probably Those are the, the ten. That's the ten books that really have affected my way of thinking. And I hope that everybody has read those ten books. I mean, I think every those are books. Some of those books were required reading when I was in high school, and they had profound effects on me. You know the book that I enjoyed the most? that I read in high school and to and and during the time that we were we were reading it everybody thought that um, that there was something wrong with me all the all the guys that I played football with thought I was getting light in my so- loafers or something um, I, uh, Weathering Heights I I love that book I just think that that <laughs> is a great, great she's book. a great writer these yeah. are classics these are classics these are great writers yeah. great I, stories yeah, I watched a, I watched the movie the other night, uh, Weathering Heights, the old one with uh, Sir Lawrence Olivier. And, oh boy! Uh, on, <laughs> and I, I watched the movie, and I was so disappointed. I forgot how much they left out of the book in that movie, and it just—that's always the case with movies and books. That's—I mean, you're you're more of a movie person than I am. I like the books. The movies are pale imitations many times. They'll take one piece of the story. That's all they have time for. Yeah, and I just really, really, you know, that's that's just a great because I I kind of identify a little bit with Heathcliff, but I I I don't like him by the end of the book, you know he is <laughs> he is just such a vengeful person. Uh, have you ever read that book, uh, Heidi? Um, I don't think so. Wuthering Heights. Yeah, oh, yes, yes, used yes, to be yes. on our I've required read that reading yeah, list. That was, uh, that was kind of depressing. Uh, I know the movies, they make it seem so uh, romantic and beautiful, but it's actually a very depressing family drama. But oh, I, I liked it. I like that kind of gothic literature. But I don't know. It wasn't what oh, I Heath, expected. Heathcliff was, you couldn't be more vengeful than that man was. I mean, <laughs> seriously. Oh, yeah. Oh. And see, don't you think those books were written to, uh, obviously, to entertain in a certain way, but to point out those types of characteristics that are maybe not the most desirable in our human condition? Oh, yeah. Sure. Sure, <laughs> you I don't. And they used I to don't, be on our, on our required reading list. You know, we used to have to read and then discuss, and it wasn't about the plot. It was about what it's trying to tell you. But here's That's the what our teachers used to teach. You get to the end of the book... And and how does it end? Do you remember how it ends? I don't remember how it ends. The people, the, the guys talking about seeing Heathcliff and Catherine on the moor, walking hand to hand. Catherine's been dead for oh, years. Yeah. Oh yeah, because it comes out as a ghost. Yeah. Yeah, just 
You just they were both identical. They both were the same type of people. They were both Ooh, ooh, they were both (laughs) They were both vengeful people too. Yeah. I mean they were gonna go into eternity and I think uh, didn't it say that on their gravestone it the picture was of of a rose and a weed intertwined? Oh yeah. Yes, yes. Crazy. Wow. Symbolism is incredible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was a great book. Great book. Good movie, but fantastic book. Enough of that. We come back. I got more for you. Uh, I'll talk about it. I went to the movies over the weekend. Woo-hoo! On Saturday night, uh, the missus and I hit uh, Cabot VIP 18. I'll tell you what I went and saw and whether you should go and see it as well or wait till it comes out on DVD. That's coming your way as well as uh, we got traffic, weather, and uh, news as well. Heidi, everything's ready to go? Yes, sir. All right, well, let's get to it. Our first break here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, 621. Now, we have important stuff to talk about, and we will get to it. But it is important that you get out and start doing some stuff. Biden pisses me off. I mean, I don't like him anyway, but I'm watching this thing that he's doing over the weekend, kind of a press conference thing, and uh, he's got, I think, five other... Uh, news people, and they're, and I mean, they're well six feet away. They're outside, and he's wearing a frickin' mask. And I'm like, dude, take the mask off, all right? Enough, enough about politicizing that stuff. Take the frickin' mask off. You're outside. You're safe if it's you take the mask that. out. It's about being in front of the camera. If the well, camera's present, you got to have a mask on. Look at what Pelosi does. She wears them under her chin. I have not seen her hardly at all with one on her face. Yeah. Yeah, when she gets you her know? hair done, of course, she takes it she off. She don't too. wear one at all. <laughs> it's not about it's not about the virus and the mask. It's about getting people accustomed to governmental control and not fighting back. I swear, David, yeah. I swear that's what it is. Do you think if we put on those special sunglasses, we'd see and, that the the aliens have taken <laughs> over? <laughs> now you're freaking me out. Where can we find them? Because we need them. Yeah, we need, we need, we need them. the, the yeah, reality glasses you. to see what's really happening. If nobody knows what I'm talking about, you're too young. I'm just telling you. And you haven't seen the good movies that Rowdy Roddy, Rowdy Roddy Piper used to do. That was such a great movie. Such a great movie. Anyway, uh, I went and saw a movie over the weekend. I got out and went and saw a movie. And I wore a mask when I walked in the theater. People behind the counter had their mask on. So you don't have to worry about that. They had plenty of uh, hand sanitizer. So when you put your, you know, if you if you put your hands on the counter or whatever, then you can hand sanitize and know that, you know, you're you're safe supposedly. And uh, so I, you know, did all that. I got a I got the biggest bag of popcorn I could get. I had it buttered. I put Yummy. some extra put some extra salt on it. And to to you know to to dig, and to negate uh, my uh, you know the calories in my popcorn, I had a diet coke. So <laughs> <laughs> that's the way to do it, Dave. That's yeah. the way to do it. So anyway, we went and saw um, the new one, uh, the New Mutants. We got our seats. You sit down in your seats. You take your mask off at that point, and nobody sits. Within two seats of you, on either side of you, there was uh, probably about 
30 people in the uh, theater. Uh, not not as many people for the new mutinous as there was for Tenet. I'm going to go see Tenet either tonight or tomorrow night before I go on vacation. That's new uh, oh. movie. I want to see that. Nolan's new Christopher Nolan movie. I want to see that. But uh, anyway, uh, New Mutants, I, you know, it's got uh, the, if you saw Game of Thrones, the, the girl who played uh, Arya is in it. Uh, the guy that's in, uh, he's in Stranger Things. I forget what part he plays. He plays, uh, 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 is it Bobby Brown's brother, maybe? Uh, no, no. She, she play, he plays these, what, the, the brother of uh, the son of the mom. Boy, don't you love it the way I'm explaining this. Uh, the, that has the kid that's having all the problem, problems with the monsters. Anyway, uh, he was in it. It was it was all right. Okay, it's okay. I give it B minus C plus. Okay, that for most people uh, before they go. Although if you go to theater tomorrow night, uh, the VIP cinema, you can see for five bucks. Uh, most people probably would wait until it comes out on DVD to watch it. Uh, it fell off the edge of the cliff after its first weekend, which was weekend before last. It was down like 48% this weekend. Uh, but um, not a bad movie. You know, entertaining. Um, I thought it got a little juvenile at the end, but other than that, it was pretty doggone good. I enjoyed it. You had to wait to the, you had to wait to the end of the movie, the last 20 minutes of the movie, basically, to see all of the mutant powers displayed in their full glory. But that was okay. And I'll warn everybody: there is a lesbian scene in it. You know, it is a Marvel movie. You got to have your got to have you got got to have your lesbian scene in it. Just so I you, hope you heard that heavy sigh. Yeah, just so you'll know. Well, well, it's there. Why? Why do they have to pervert everything? Why? Uh, it's it it it's what Mar- drop it in. Make sure everybody has it right in front of their faces everywhere you look. Look, it is part of our world, but do we really have to have it? As though it's jumped into everything. A hundred percent of everything. That's the key. Uh, if if they if they did it in the way that it was in the world, and I know movies aren't done to to reflect the wor- the way the world is. Uh, it reflects what the filmmaker's idea of what the world is. Uh, you would right. think that uh, if two women look at each other, they're lesbians. I'm just saying. That's the way they would portray it. That's, That's the whole it. thing. Uh, and, and, and it shows up in the New Mutants. i just warn you about that. Uh, you know... They got that social justice warrior crap in it. That that's all we. That's going to be in every movie from now on. I don't think there's any way f- for most movies to get away from it. Uh, the only way you get away from it is not to go to the movies at all. And I'm of the I'm of the ilk still that I can get around that and it not completely destroy uh, sometimes which are good points and the movie has a good point at the very end that's what's really bizarre about it they they can't they can't get away from the bad stuff but they still that's why we're a post-christian society we're post-christian now we're not pre we're not christian we're post-christian and it's still there's an echo there still elizabeth of the way we were does that make sense now, to you? That's, 
Oh, absolutely. This is, I think, one of the key pieces of being a conservative is that we wish to conserve the good things about our way of life and promote them for the future. And uh, like you say, there's an echo there. Hopefully after November, that conservative echo in the world, especially in the United States, will get a lot louder. Well, it'll either get a lot louder or they're going to try to stamp it out completely. It will be one or the other, I'll guarantee you. And when we come back, speaking of stamping out things, I want to talk about projection. We've got to talk a little bit about a psychological term so that you'll understand why certain things are being portrayed now about what's going to happen after the November election. And it's all projection. And it's projection from the left. And we're going to talk about that. So uh, thanks for joining us this morning. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. Good to have you with us. It's a great, uh, a great day, day after Labor Day. We all had, hopefully, yesterday off. I've got this four-day week, and then I'm off for uh, until the 22nd. I'm heading down to Florida. Don't come to my house thinking you're going to take all my stuff because there will be people here uh, watching my house, and they know how to use guns. I'm just warning you. Uh, for the bad mm-hmm. people out there. All right, with that said, let's get a break in. we got news coming your way to more here on 101.1. 25 minutes till 7 on a Tuesday. I hope your Monday was a good one. We were uh, talking about all the things that were going on uh, <clears throat> in the world, and so we mm-hmm. will uh, talk further about those things. But I wanted to come back, and I wanted to talk about a thing called projection. Now, look, being a talk show host, I would always be told, Dave, make sure that you get the hottest topic and you talk about that and try to get people all revved up and and and, and ticked off and uh, they'll stay with you and they want to be part of the show. Uh, I'm not, I, I've gotten past that in my lifetime and I, I've tried to bring more which uh, is salient topics to this show to try to understand what's going on. And, and maybe you don't want to understand. You just want to, you know, vent your spleen. Well, there's other shows uh, you can take part in. I'm, I'm, I'll be honest that venting my spleen for the most part is not what I do anymore. I try to have, uh, you know, a little bit of intellectual discussion to go along with you know, what the topics are today. And one of the topics today is a story uh, that has we're starting to hear uh, in, in the news media. And so I want to talk about that. And to talk about it, though, you've got to understand why they're talking about what they're talking about. So let's, let's try to do that. Um, there is a story. There a story came out, The Daily Beast. It's a left-leaning web page that is saying that a cluster of far-left groups, and I, what I really kind of get a kick out of is that uh, that tells you the Daily Beast is uh, even a little bit more just left-center <laughs> instead of being left-left, uh, thro- throws in uh, far-left groups, Planned Parenthood and MoveOn.com, uh, are among those who appear to believe that the right is where the violence will come after the November 
third election if Trump loses. Uh, From Molly Hemingway, here's what she said. Resistance figures signaling that they are prepping for violent resistance to 2020 election if they lose, all while claiming that what they're actually doing is preparing for a widespread GOP violence. Really? Some interesting projection and propaganda going on here. Okay, so you got it right. Yeah, she's really she's true, and and she's true about both words that she uses, projection and what projection is. Well, here let me go get you a uh, clinical definition, so people won't think that I'm making this up because people think is think I'm making it up. Okay, so what is projection? Projection is, has someone ever told you to stop projecting your feelings onto them? I'm sure that's been said to you before. While projecting is often reserved for the world of psychology, there's a good chance you've heard the term used in arguments and heated discussions when people feel attacked. But what does projection actually mean in this sense? Uh, Projection refers to unconsciously taking unwanted emotions or traits you don't like about yourself and attributing them to someone else. A common example would be a cheating spouse who suspects their partner is being unfaithful. Instead of acknowledging their own infidelity, they transfer or project their behavior onto their partner. So why do some people project? And is there anything that can help someone to stop projecting? A lot of aspects of human behavior projection comes down to self-defense, say a psychologist. Uh, they note that projecting something you don't like about yourself onto someone else protects <laughs> you from having to acknowledge parts of yourself you don't like. Now, I don't think that that's why the Democrats project all the time. I think the The Democrats project all the time because they know that the uh, majority of people don't like what it is that they're projecting out on the other people that they themselves, in fact, are doing. For instance, rioting, burning down buildings, taking people's stuff. I mean, you listen to Black Lives Matter, they're projecting. They say, well, there's nothing wrong with it. You're covered by insurance. And if you listen to Whitney Davis, whose parents are small business owners, they don't have insurance for that kind of crap. Nope. Insurance companies there. aren't paying. They're not paying that. It's, it's not a question, again, of the logic. What they say is, I want, therefore I should have. This is an outgrowth of the me, me, me thing. The every child gets a participation trophy. It's all of that plus projecting like say they're doing it they don't want people looking at the democrats so they put up a mirror and push it back off on our side i you know i've heard a lot of conservatives talk about rioting haven't you yeah (laughs) i mean come on everybody knows who's doing this and 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 the news projects it the democrats project it and uh, let me just give you here i'll give you a real good example Charlottesville. 
you wouldn't even think that the left was there. It was nothing more than a whole bunch of people that were uh, from the right. And I'm not denying that there were people there from the right and the part of the right that I have nothing to do with. The uh, far the, right. The, the, yeah, the, the, the really far right crazy. The kooks. Yeah, the KKK people, uh, the, the real uh, neo-Nazi kind of people. And they're out there doing their thing. But you would never. It's as if Black Lives Matter and Antifa had nothing to do with it. They were projecting out, look at what the right did the whole time. The Dave, whole you time. know, the left has not, no one on the left has yet to acknowledge what's going on with this violence, with the organized violence with Antifa and these other organizations. They talk a little bit about it now because they saw their polls and snapped. Just like that, from day to day, whiplash, all of a sudden now they're a little bit concerned about violence. But they haven't acknowledged it hardly at all. Well, it's and like how, Biden, I mean, look Biden at, look did at the a, whole Democrat convention. They never said a word. Yeah, didn't say a word. And now Biden's done some kind of uh, YouTube video suddenly oh. saying how much he's against this kind of violence. No, he's not. If he thought that that would, that would push him over the finish line against Trump, he would still be... Just shut up. He wouldn't be saying nothing about it. Pushing the 170, a whole 170 law enforcement people around the country. Oh, my gosh, that's 0.02% of the law enforcement folks in our country are now behind Biden. He's all about telling you about that. It's all with them what it looks like. And when they don't like what it looks like, for them, they push it off on us. Yeah, they say it's us that's doing it. Even with Spygate, look at it. It's Russia. It's you guys. You're the ones colluding with Russia. We now can prove and we know for a fact which side has had constant contact. They were doing it. It hasn't been us. They were doing it. It drives me out of my mind crazy. It drives me out of my mind crazy. You know, Michael uh, Dougherty on his Twitter feed said, there's no talk whatsoever among mainstream or even Breitbartian Republicans of putting on displays of force on the streets around election time. But there's a ton of it amongst the elite Dems. Washington Post, uh, New York Times, huge articles about how the left is going to go out and tear things up if Trump wins. Yeah. Yeah, that's the right. How the right's going to tear it up. Yeah. Yeah. Will Will Chamberlain seems like the party that is currently setting cities on fire is the party that's more likely to set cities on fire if they lose. <laughs> A real He's Davidson right. said, "Pretty soon, it, sure, it's not Trump voters burning down major cities right now. How unintelligent do these organizations think the American people are? They think most people are dumb." I'm just telling you, that's that's the typical response of an elitist. Look at Nancy Pelosi. It's good enough for me, but it's not good enough for you. Look at at the city of San Francisco. City workers can go work out and we'll open up our gyms. But if you own a gym, you can't open up your gym because we're the only ones that know how to open up a gym during the COVID-19. This goes on and on and on. It's what socialism is. It's what communism is. Oh, the, the, the Los Angeles mayor was on the news over the weekend. If they catch you in Los Angeles 
having a, an organization, you know, a party, a group, and they decide they'll shut down your utilities. Yes. Now. Yes, I read about that. You tell me if that's not some sort of socialist, communist, governmental control. Do what we wish or we will completely take you out. I mean, yeah. it is so darn scary. Yeah, just let me let me read the beginning of this story. And this here's the projection that I'm talking about. 645, we got to get a break in, but hold on. Last week, a coalition of leading progressive groups gathered on Zoom to begin organizing for what they envision as the post-election day political apocalypse scenario is going to be put together by the Fight Back Table, an initiative launched after the 2016 election to get a constellation of lefty organizations to work more closely together. The meeting dealt with the operational demands expected if the November election comes without a clear outcome or with a Joe Biden win that Donald Trump refuses to recognize. Sources Donald familiar. Trump refuses to recognize. Yeah. Now, that's a projection yeah, right. because who's I mean. been, listen, Elizabeth, who's been saying this? It, we yeah. wouldn't accept it. It's Hillary and Clinton who has and her people. That they didn't accept. I mean, all this while, who has not accepted the election? The last four years, the Republicans or Donald Trump or the conservatives. That's exactly right. Sources familiar with the discussion described them as serious, with a modestly panicked undertone. We got more to talk about this. It's crazy, <laughs> but they are projection. They're projecting when they say we're preparing for it. For not like Donald Trump isn't going For to accept you to have violence. That's right. Well, and they're saying Trump will not accept the results if he if if it's showing that Biden won. Hey, look, what has Hillary been saying? Do not give in. Don't concede. Do not Don't concede. That's Don't exactly what she. That's what she's been saying. All right, thirteen minutes to seven. That's projection. That's projection. They're the ones doing it. We're not. It's uh, 13 minutes to 7 on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, we are back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. And, Elizabeth, I want to go back to that uh, Molly Hemingway uh, statement that, uh, that she, she made uh, that we were talking about because she talked about projection, uh, but uh, she also and propaganda. propaganda. <laughs> and I'm just telling you. I uh, I look out on Facebook and I look out on uh, a lo- a Twitter. I, in fact, I don't even spend much time on Twitter anymore. I, I think Twitter is a waste of time. It's just a bunch of people that live in their own bubbles. But, I, I, you know, Twitter or any of the social medias. And number one, I think of what Marshall McLuhan said, you know, back in the 60s when he said, he kind of saw this thing with television, but he couldn't extrapolate out because he had no idea that in the future we would be able to, you know, have people be on the Internet uh, talking about this, talking about that, you know, saying this is true, saying that is true when it isn't true. Uh, people actually believing that, you know, this is my truth. 
which is just a fallacy. It does not exist. There is either truth or there is not truth. There is not your truth. If you believe you got some kind of corner on truth that you say that's my truth, uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> you know, if it's true, it's true. If it's not, it's not. It isn't. Only it, one. It's, every, it's everybody's <laughs> truth if it's truth. But the bottom line is, is that you know, Marshall McLuhan said that we would split up and we would become very tribal. And that's where we're at now. It took 50-something years to happen, but that he was right on hitting the nail on the head with the hammer. It's all tribalism out there. Everybody belongs to their own little group, and they think their own little echo chamber is the truth. They don't put it up against real truth. They just throw it up and say, because I believe this, it's truth. That's what, you know, well, and so there, we got this tribalism. We have tribalism, and again, that's something you try to try to fight against by giving out information that is behind these sensationalist headlines and different stories that are thrown out there. I am firmly convinced at this point that our news media, they're just propagandists. And you just need to know that whatever you read or see is put there for a reason to elicit a certain uh, reaction. It is not about telling the truth or telling the facts about what's going on in our in our world. Like, and uh, tell them about that projection. Tell them, tell them about the story. We got about three minutes, three and a half minutes. The Washington Post. Which Washington Post? There's more well, than one today. Well, the one the one that's out there about the sports guy. And how they they talked to him, and then they quoted him for an hour. They talked to him. They quoted him for ninety three words out of a full one hour conversation, and they got everything wrong. Oh yeah. Well, again, that was Molly Hemingway. I saw a tweet. I don't know this fella. I don't have it in front of me. I'm not prepared. Sorry. Don't know where it is, but uh, it was a sports guy who knew he was going to be interviewed by Washington Post, and he recorded everything himself. And he told them, I'm recording everything because I know that you're going to misquote me. And when they did it, he came back at him and said, here's, you know, I have the ability to put this out there. I'm going to put it out there. Here's my interview. It's not what I said. So they did it. Not only did they do it, they did it knowingly. And they did it when he told them to their face, to the reporters, that he was going to make sure that he was going to be quoted correctly. Because they don't care. I mean, they don't care they because don't care. people read their articles, and then when they do a, uh, they come back and they say, oh, yeah, we made a mistake, they put it on page 87, and <laughs> they just put it as an aside, kind of in a widow over to the right side of the newspaper in a column somewhere. Yeah, I'm with you propagandist at that point. That's a propagandist. That's exactly what that is. That's exactly what it is. I'm looking for the link now so you can read up on it a little later, but um, again, it stuns me. It just stuns me not only that they're doing it, that we know that they're doing it, but they know that we know and they continue to do it to our faces. Again, how unintelligent do they think the American public is? Yeah, well, they think we're stupid, you know. And then we won't even go in. You know, everybody all weekend's been talking about the story in the Atlantic about President Trump disparaging our troops. 
And of course, that wasn't coordinated with the Biden campaign or anything because they didn't did not come out with a commercial immediately thereafter about that sort of thing. And there were all sorts of leftists on the media talking about it. It wasn't coordinated, though. It just kind of popped up. This this gaslighting is is a sick psychological tactic. And between that and propaganda, if the American public doesn't see through it, I just don't know what to think about some of it. Okay, so I've got uh, OutClick, OutKick, the name of the group, and uh, Clay Travis wrote the article. I'll send a copy to you, put it up on the website, and we'll talk about it more. We'll talk talk more about it. All right, we'll talk about it in the 6 o'clock hour. Uh, when we come back tonight yeah i'll see you in a little bit i got the bible guys coming up we'll talk and then uh six o'clock tonight sounds good huh happy tuesday all right happy tuesday to you and uh, do you know who that was yeah you know you know elizabeth Sotolaro. she did a great job again as usual a lot of interesting things to talk about bible guys are next news well news is next Then the Bible guys will be on with me here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Tuesdays, the Bible guys always join me. Next week, they won't be here because I'll be on vacation. They'll be back with me on the 22nd. And on the 22nd, we're going to be in studio, man. How's that for you guys? Scott's, Scott is here, and uh, I got Steve here as well. It's going to be good to see you guys again. Yeah, I'm here, Dave. Looking forward to seeing you. It's a true, true, true statement. It'll be good to see you. So uh, what I'm going to do is on my show on a weekly basis, I'll be in studio Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays. But Thursday and Fridays, the people are all by phone anyway. So instead of driving into the studio, I'll just do it from here at my house. So just that's just so everybody can know now. So um, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, I'll be in studio live. You'll be able to see me. So is that going to be a regular thing now, Dave? You're working from, uh, from home on Thursday and Friday? Yeah, I think that's what I'm going to do for right now. Uh, um, I'm hoping that by the time I get back from Florida from my vacation that we'll have the Internet back up and we'll be able to do uh, Facebook Live again. Uh, That's my other goal that we're shooting for. I don't know if that's going to be possible or not, but I'm shooting for it, okay? If not, then I would hope that the following Monday, it's like the 28th, I think, uh, we'll be able to do it. And the power panel will be in and we can get back to some normalcy 
uh, here on uh, uh, the Dave Ellswick show. So we got all of our different entities working at that time. So uh, yeah. I know they're working hard uh, at Salem to get get us internet uh, accessibility and whatnot all the time. All right, you know, guys, lot, go ahead. Go ahead, Scott. I was saying a lot, a lot of companies have, uh, have found that during this whole COVID thing that a lot of work can be done from uh, from home now but with technology. And um, I know a lot of businesses are actually now going to some type of flexible or uh, flex schedule where they're doing part work from home and part work uh, in uh, actually in-house in the office. Um, we found that our accounting department is a much more effective working from home, for example. Um, getting, they're doing their work faster now than when they were actually in the office. That's because nobody's bothering them. That's that's right. That's right. Absolutely. So uh, so it's it's uh, you know it's it's more there's some efficiency issues there. So I think we're going to be changing the way we do a little bit of life. Well, I read an article a couple of weeks ago. I don't remember where it was from. Uh, I'm going to kind of make mention of a couple of things that I read in it, but it said that uh, businesses who buy huge uh, properties uh, to house their people are going to become a thing of the past because a lot more stuff is going to be done at home. And a lot of, uh, of uh, businesses that build these huge edifices that you see some of the banks, for example, you've seen some of the bank buildings, and they're huge. Yeah. I mean, they're monstrous. And right. I don't know what the one that is out there towards uh, the ranch out there on Highway 10, but that thing's a monster. And uh, Wells, well, Is it the Wells Fargo? No, no, it's not Wells Fargo. Um, oh, yeah, I don't uh, know. I don't remember which one it is. Yeah. yeah, is it Bank of the Ozarks? Yeah. And I'm uh-huh. thinking, why does a bank need a building that big? You yeah. know, I don't get You're it, right. but anyway... You know, they're saying that there's a possibility that a lot of that kind of thing is uh, going to go the way of the dodo bird. So we'll just have to kind of sit and, and wait and see. First yeah. of all, let me just ask both of you, how was your uh, labor day? Did you have a good day off? I, I certainly did. Uh, we had uh, my my, uh, my son, his wife, and, uh, and three of our grandkids come in for the holiday. So all right. A, a blast. Splashed around in the swimming pool, and man, I am worn out, Dave. Oh my! <laughs> you had to, you had, to, you had to come back to work to relax, huh? <laughs> that is absolutely, absolutely right. I asked my wife how she was doing, and she said, "Well, the old gray mare ain't what she used to be." That's why she answered me. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> and then, uh, Steve, how was your how was your weekend? Oh, good. Just um, some more resting and relaxing, and. Yesterday, I went down to do some stuff at Deer Camp, worked around the house. There you go. A bunch of my friends, you're one of them, of course, are out getting Deer Camp ready to go. They're planting stuff and getting ready. I mean, Duck has been out really getting at it. Uh, he, you know, he hunts up there in Harding, and uh, they planted 100 acres uh, over the weekend. How's that one for you? Dang. Yeah, they do some serious Hunting my up house there. could be could be a deer camp for somebody. I mean, I almost on a daily basis get up and see a herd of anywhere between seven to fifteen deer in my on my property. Man, sell set up stands and sell and rent it. <laughs> rent them, man. Uh, I'm just uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. 
So I, I did. I had uh, had PA Rufin come out here one time, and the, when the guy in, I, he rang the doorbell, and uh, I answered the door. His first words were to me were. Do you let people hunt on your property? That was his first words to me. Because <laughs> when, when he was driving up, he said he saw himself. It was, I think it was a ten or twelve pointer standing in my driveway. Oh so, my! Uh, uh, so, any rate, uh, good times. All right, you guys ready? We we had talked last week. This question came in at the end of the hour, and we decided we would not even begin to try to answer it until today. And that we would use this whole hour, if necessary, to be able to give an adequate answer to our questioner. And here was the question. And then we'll take a break. And then we'll come back and begin trying to answer this. And for our listeners that are tuned in right now, I'm sure this question has rattled in your brain before. Uh, whether you're a believer or a non-believer, this question has rattled in your brain. I have interviewed over 300 kids concerning child abuse. How can you tout free will at the cost of an innocent being raped or otherwise physically abused? How can I tell that child who has been so defiled and betrayed that God loves them? And that God allowed free will of another to supersede that child's welfare when that child has done nothing wrong. This is a person, just off the top as I read it, is angry at religion. And we're going to try to answer this when we come back here on uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. It's the Bible guy, Scott Stewart, pastor of Agape, is here. Uh, Steve is here, Steve Hess. Uh, he works the uh, university side of this. He does the school side over at Agape, their Bible school, the American Institute. We'll talk a little bit about that later because uh, folks who ask these questions could use a little bit of education as well. 14 minutes after 7. Don't forget about our friends at PI Roofing. Scott did a good job of giving me a bridge here. He was talking about he had PI Roofing come out to look at his roof. I'm going to suggest you do the same thing. You have PI Roofing come out to look at your roof. Let them get up on your roof, walk across it, and make sure it's in good stead. Believe it or not, the 22nd of this month is the first day of fall. We'll be done with summer. We'll be moving into fall. Fall means more rain. Fall means cooler temperatures. And fall means we're closer to winter. And that means more destructive forces being directed at your roof. And if you already have a weak spot, it's going to make it even weaker. And then you end up getting a leak. And then you end up getting water in your house. And then things spiral out of control sometimes. You don't want that to happen. So get a hold of PI Roofing, your roof leak detectives let them come out and tell you that your last line of defense against the elements is in good repair do that for yourself it's not going to cost you much and uh, it'll put your mind at ease or if you need some work done you'll be able to get the work done and then your mind will really be at ease all right give them a call you called the same number that i call 707 707- 3551, 707-3551. And then, uh, of course, online, it's piroofing.com. 
And by the way, they follow all the social distancing and all of the uh, different things that are they need to follow to protect your family and to protect their workers. That's PI Roofing, 707-3551 or piroofing.com. Okay, so let me read this letter to you guys one more time. And uh, I would I would suggest the person who wrote this and is listening, uh, if it, this is really the way that you feel, you need to sit down with a pastor and do a study about this. I mean, what we're going to do is try to give you some answers, but this is a deep, deep subject that you need to look at. Plus, I think you've got to look at it from a different way than you're looking at it. Here's the question. I have interviewed over 300 kids concerning child abuse. How can you tout free will at the cost of an innocent being raped or otherwise physically abused? How can I tell that child who has been so defiled and betrayed that God loves them and that God allowed free will of another to supersede that child's welfare when that child has done nothing wrong. So who wants to start with this one? Do you want to start Scott or do you want to start Steve? I'm ready if you want. Okay. So you have to come back around uh, for for the child aspect of this because having this conversation... Um, we'll have to talk about it from an adult perspective and from a just deep theological perspective first. Because there is the question ever since the beginning of time. I mean, there was only two people on the planet. Well, I guess you could say four, potentially six people, uh, when Cain killed Abel. But for some reason, God allowed and God established um, the world in motion, and he gave authority of that to, to Adam. He told Adam to go and subdue the world. And so from that initial standpoint in the beginning of creation, mankind has been in charge of the world, and God has intervened in periods and in times. Um, And so he's given mankind the authority and the choice. I mean, we see that throughout several places in the Scripture when he goes back and he tells them to choose. Even after Cain, uh, he told him to choose good. He told Israel to choose good versus evil. So there's always been a choice. And the question is, is why um, has the Father, in, in certain instances, he seems to have intervened in history and in the people's lives, and other times he's, those things seem to run those course. Um, I don't know that there can be an answer given um, for why sometimes there seem to be miraculous events, but the overwhelming majority of the time, Wicked people are allowed to do wicked things. They're allowed to do wicked things to children. They're allowed to murder. They're allowed to drunk and drive. They're allowed to rape and and kill and just do all these different things. And ultimately, it comes back to, because that's how God established the order, is that he wanted to give mankind the choice to choose good versus evil, to choose him or the enemy. And and if he intervenes and and, uh, prevents choice from running its course, then there's no longer a place for judgment. Because if, for instance, God would have stopped Hitler, then Hitler would not have been causable for his actions. So he had, for for the 
allowing mankind to run control of the earth, he has to uh, allow them to make their choices no matter how good or how wicked uh, they are. Hmm. Makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll just by the way, let me jump in and just say, Steve, are you still there? It's not like you bumped off, didn't it? Yeah. He, we lost him. He'll call back. Go ahead, Steve. Or right. Scott. Well, yep. Well, I think just picking up where um, where Steve was um, uh, leaving off there. Um, before we even get to the to the intricacies of this question, you have to you have to establish um, the reason why there is is free will. God gave free will to Adam and Eve simply because um, God did not want to create a, a race of robots that just that He programmed into them to to love Him and to worship Him. He wanted a relationship with man, and that relationship was going to come from a place called the heart. And the only way that true relationship exists is when there's free will involved, that a man willingly or a woman willingly loves God and obeys God. And the same way is true in any human relationship. Um, You know, you want a relationship with your husband, your wife, your children, where there is a a willingness to, to be with you, to celebrate with you, to love you. And outside of that, it's contrived and it's false and it's fake and it doesn't mean anything. So there is a there's a desire for a relationship which can only be based in someone's free will of expression. And so God gives that to man as a gift. Now, uh, that man takes that free will and uses it incorrectly. God gives him all these parameters, gives him the, the best of everything. He gives him the most beautiful place to live, the most perfect place to live. Uh, there were no weeds in this place. I mean, it was perfect. Adam was fully functioning. He had 100% use of his brain, as did Eve. They were perfect. He said, listen, everything is yours. The only thing that's not yours is this tree over here. So he sets a limit on it, saying, listen, you know, although all this is yours, you're still going to have to obey me in the midst of perfection. Now, what happens, of course, you know the story, is the enemy, the devil, comes in and deceives Adam and Eve, and they commit sin. Now, when they commit sin, who do we blame for that? Do we blame the God who gave them everything and gave them relationship? Or do you blame the devil who came in and deceived and manipulated people? Well, you, of course, you blame the enemy. You don't blame God. He's the one who gave them everything that was wonderful and everything that was beautiful. It was the enemy that came in and corrupted that which was good and wonderful. So you have to take that, that idea and then spread it throughout, um, throughout time. So when we see the blessing of God coming and then we see the evil that's uh, in the world, we have to understand that there are two forces at, at work here. And so you cannot go around blaming God for what the enemy has, has done. You have to lay blame at the, right, at the right place. So you have to take that whole meta-narrative of the garden and place it across uh, the human experience and understand that there is definitely good in the world and there's evil in the world. And when you understand that particular concept, then you can, then you can begin to understand why things unfold the way that they, that they do. As Steve mentioned, you see God throughout the Scripture chasing after man, saying, don't make that decision. Don't do that. And the reason he's doing that is because he knows the consequence of that bad decision is going to lead to death and destruction and, and manipulation and hurt for his, for his people. But when they make those bad decisions and bad things happen, you don't blame the God that tried to stop it. You blame the enemy that brought it upon them. And so, again, you have to follow that that narrative through. Now, of course, we're moving towards applying it to this situation this person called about. So 
free will was a wonderful gift given by God for the purpose of creating a relationship between God and his people. And that free will, when taken and used in a perverse manner, what it does is it allows destruction of that relationship. And that destruction of relationship comes through through the enemy. And so we have to make sure that we understand how this, uh, how this whole scenario and equation is going to work, because we're going to apply it in a few minutes to the life of this, uh, or the, this person who's asking this particular question. All right. We got uh, a minute until we get to rush. So I w- I'm going to hold both of you up because now we move into the real crux of this uh, question. First of all, should you even be talking to the kid about free will? I, I mean, right. you've got you to get to a certain age before you can kind of grasp hold of that whole concept. And, in fact, there's some people listening right now that still didn't grasp hold of it as as you were, were talking about it, Scott. So, so um, you know, it's a, it's a difficult subject. That's why I wanted to give a lot of time to it uh, today here on the, uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. Right now, though, time for uh, Rush Limbaugh. He's got his uh, morning update for us. We'll go to that. Then we'll come back and uh, be back with the Bible Guys for another 25 minutes right here at 101.1 FM. The answer. All right, 25 minutes till uh, 8 o'clock. If you got to be at work at 8, got 25 minutes to get there. So if you're in Cabot right now, might want to go a little faster than the speed limit. Anyway, uh, <laughs> with that in mind, uh, 91 to high today. You just heard uh, Melissa Mayo talking about that. Real feel high, 100 degrees today. And I'm also looking that they're saying that about 46% cloud cover today. So if you're a sun worshiper like I am, not your best day today. But it would be a nice day to sit out and kind of relax and take it easy this afternoon if you got the time off. All right, we're talking about free will. We're talking about why does good things happen or bad things happen to good people. These are really heavy, deep uh, significant theological questions. And I was just talking to the guys off the air. There is one thing that I think we all have to come into an acceptance, that we can't know everything about God. God right. is infinite. We are finite. We can, my IBM, as I like to call it, my itty-bitty mind, can only... Uh, you know, encapsulate so much about God. I'm never going to understand everything about God. Now, I understand, I think, the big concepts. He loves me. He gave me a way to avoid judgment uh, as far as getting to heaven and things of that nature. But I got to tell you what, uh, other than some, you get into some of these really deep, 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 deep questions, and you try to do it from a man's perspective, I don't think you'll ever get an answer. That's just my own feeling about it. Yeah. Uh, it, it, I mean, to, to discuss the, the, the concept between um, free will and predestination or Calvinism versus Armenianism, I mean, this is an entire you know college course. Uh, and to try to knock it out in a radio, in a radio show is, is, uh, is asking a lot. But, uh, you know, just to go back and try to deal with this uh, this question. I think if you understand the way that God works with man, then it's much easier than to deal with this particular, this particular question. And so you relate back to the fact that there are 
um, there's good and evil in the world, and you have to know who's behind which one of those. Now, Steve mentioned that you know man was given charge over the earth in the form of Adam, and actually later on in the book of Psalms, it actually says that, that the earth was given, uh, that the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. So this world is today what we have made it. Um, That's and right. we can make it. We can make it for the better by following God, or we can make it for the worse by following the enemy, just like our forefather Adam did. Adam took a perfect state in Eden and turned it into something it was never meant to be, a place where the enemy uh, came in and God had to lock that down and push man out uh, to where now he had to contend daily now with weeds and thistles and, and curse and the enemy. And so it was, it was because of Adam's choice that we are where we're, where we're at today. It's not because God wanted it, but it's because man chose it. And he chose it because of the influence of the enemy, not because of the influence of, of God. And, and so just following that logic, this, this question begins to solve and to sort itself out a bit. Steve? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's really, that's, if you go through uh, from Adam to the end, um, the whole thing is about that, from, from Genesis to Revelation, through all of the stories and trials of all the individuals, the nation of Israel as a whole, um, the people in the time of Jesus, and even the people at the time of the end. And as my old pastor used to say, that's why there's a judgment, because we've been given a choice. And what we do with what's been given to us and how we function, I mean, that's the entire story of the Bible. And then insert that is, now how do you get redeemed from the bad choices? And that's where even even it goes into the question of, <clears throat> well, why did he have to come? Why is it God had to come and take on the form of man? Because even God agreed to stay within the laws that he established, which was he gave it to man, so he came through man in order to redeem mankind. Wow. And so it's always been done through that, and that's why he had to come and take on the form of flesh. That's another heavy theological question, man. I'm just yeah. saying. We're into yeah. some heavy, heavy areas right here. We're 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 not in the reeds, man. We're in the deep, deep swamp right now uh, yeah. on, on this. And, and with that in mind, and I think that you guys have done a good job on trying to explain uh, free will. They say uh, the, the question here is when she says, how can you tout free will at the cost of an innocent being raped or otherwise physically abused? Because the, uh, the, the, the mere opposite of that is That's that I can, I can tout free will because of the love I can show towards my children. Right, right. You know, the question should be, uh, you know, if if the person doesn't want there to be free, well, it's like if you're if you're talking to a child and telling a child, you know, uh, to beware of strangers. You know, what you're teaching them is there are good people in the world. That's mommy and daddy, and there are bad people in the world. These are the people out here who might hurt you. Well, that's what we have happening here. There's good. That's God. But there's the bad devil out there who's going to use people to make bad people, and those bad people might do things to you. So when you're speaking to uh, the child, it's more about explaining it, breaking it down in that way. It's not God who did this. It's bad people um, that did this because the devil was in their heart, or the devil was making them do something. And God wants to protect you, and God wants to help you, but bad people have done this to you. So, I mean, it becomes much more simple. If you don't have free will in this situation— then what you have to tell the child is God ordained and predestined this would happen to you. Uh, right. You know, 
it makes it worse if you yep. say uh, God God wanted this to happen to you, so He programmed this into creation that this would happen to you. This is God's fault. It makes it worse in that sense. Whereas otherwise, with free will, you can say God had nothing to do with this. This was the bad people who were being led by or moved by the devil to do these horrible things to you. God wants you safe, and God wants you well, and God wants you happy, healthy, and whole. And that's why we run to God with all of our heart, and we stay safe. Um, it, it, the question seems to be a bit should be should be doesn't seem to be phrased in a way that that uh, would make sense with uh, with the whole concept. All right. Well, let me let me jump in and say that the person who sent this question uh, sent us. Uh, want us to clarify something she said are are there alternate concepts besides free will that theologians can teach children since free will can often side with the abuser and not the child free will sides with the child always i'm just telling you all right it's the way that you look at free will uh in in the concept i mean you this is where the person's getting hung up on. It says that free God will, is it, telling people to be bad. Right. Free will is the, the side that, that sides with the child. Because what you say to the counselor is that they could use as an individual saying, that individual chose and did badly. I am here and choosing to do good by helping you. If you if you go the other path, which the main two is uh, is Calvinism and Arminianism, and what they're basically trying to say that it, that this would be a, a Calvinistic thing, as Scott was hinting at, that they're that this was basically God's will, and it was chosen from the beginning of time as a preordained event, and that's not the case. And and to try and understand, um, <clears throat> it's really difficult to answer why. I mean, outside of everything that we've given, to take it then down to um, whether it be a child or whether it be a 90-year-old person that's murdered or somebody who has something stolen, there's why that individual? And it's, that's not, not an answerable question outside of the person that murdered, raped, molested, stole, made a choice to do bad. That's the, 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 the answer. And then God yeah. allows the choice of good and evil in the world. And it was, and it was that those choices are being made because of the, <clears throat> the influences on the heart of that person. And the heart of that person is being influenced by, by what most people would call the devil. The Jews call it the evil inclination, uh, that, that there, is a, there are forces in the earth, good and bad, and you yield yourself to those forces, to the godly or to the demonic, and the fruit of that yielding is seen in the treatment of other people. And so, so as far as the child is concerned, you would not try to deal with the child in terms of, of free will and, and sovereignty in that way. You would break it down into the way you deal with everything else with the child. And I think asking the question, why, is very, uh, is very easily uh, given when you say, well, because of, of, the, of the fact that there is a devil in the world, and there's God in the world, and people are, are yielding themselves to one or the other. It becomes pretty simple, I think, to explain the why. Now, as a Jeff, as a as a Steve was saying, why that particular person? No one can ever answer that because we have no idea what we 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 don't know any of the backstory to anything. I mean, we don't 
we don't know all the stuff that goes uh, that goes on here. So the thing you do is you trust you trust in the wisdom of God more in in your secular uh, understanding of the situation. Okay, let and me ask. God, it comes back to what me, God said very well, which was there's an enemy. And that's that we, we keep forgetting that, and there's that old phrase that's been thrown around forever that the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was getting people to think he didn't exist. And we all, we all default to, oh, well, why did God do that? Well, why did God allow that? Because even the enemy has free choice, and the enemy chooses to do evil and to do wickedness, and he's influenced people to do evil and to do wickedness. That, that's the, it's ultimately what it comes down to. But to try and get that to a child's level and to understand why God didn't intervene in that situation, we could talk about for months and years. Okay, so let me let me just bring this up, and then we'll take a break, and then we'll finish this up today. And and this is just let you know this is the way I kind of look at it. If you look at yourself, are you a good person? I'm asking that of everybody who's listening to the show today. Are you a good person? If you are, then why did Jesus come? He had to come because guess what? You're not a good person. The Bible says that at your deepest, you're depraved. That uh, there's bad in you that uh, kind of that you always reset to, so to speak. And if God struck the molester... He'd have to strike the liar. And if he strikes the liar, he's got to strike the glutton. And we go on and on and on. And in the end, everybody ends up dead because nobody is perfect. Does that make any sense? Yeah, that's good. Because even even as wicked um, as what that man did, there's a choice to return. Uh, you know, before the COVID shutdown, I went down to the prison all the time and full of men who were murderers and rapists who are now weeping before the altar of God. Yeah. So they they still have a choice to repent from their wickedness and their evilness and return to God. Because it's, if it's always instantaneous, like you said, then there's not even a way back for them. No, there's no way back for any of us. Right. Okay. We're all We're all sinful. Right. Oh, you're absolutely right. The Apostle Paul was a murderer. I mean, he he went out. He he oversaw the, the murder, the execution of people. There you go. But thank God for the grace of God, the grace of God that allows us to find our way back to the Lord to repent and to turn away from uh, the evil that we were that we were doing and to and to and to shed ourselves of those of those evil desires and to cling on to that which is good. That doesn't happen unless there's free will involved. You've yeah. got to have that in place. Uh, let's remember. God loves that child. God is going to take the evil that happened to that child and make it into good. Do not, it, I'm, I'm just saying to the person who's thinking this, this didn't happen because God wanted it to happen. It did not. It did not. You know, the Bible tells us that a father doesn't give, uh, you know, when this child asks for bread, give him a stone, or asks for something, yeah. give him a scorpion. Uh, right. You know, God loves us, unquestionably loves us, but bad things will happen to us because man has chosen for that to be in the world. That's correct. 
He's right. like all the he Even that wickedness he can redeem. Yes, absolutely. All right, a break, guys. Got to get a break in. Let's come back after the break, and we'll finish up. I'll let you make your, your final statements today. Good good discussion today. Really has been 11 minutes till 8 on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, we've got seven minutes left. And, uh, you know, all I can say to our the person who's asking this question, asked the initial question, and then set two follow-ups, is that you don't want in your question to deal with why it's the way it is, all right? And you think by talking about the why, we dismiss what has happened. And we're not dismissing what's happened. We're trying to explain to you why it is happening. So that's yeah. where that's where we're at that's as the, far the as the premise goes. of the question. The whole premise of the question was why did this happen to the child and why was why did God allow this? And that's I mean, that's that was the whole premise of the question. Now that's that's completely a theological question. It's not it's not absolving the individual from the responsibility Correct. of their actions. We weren't even dealing with that. But just to deal with that really quickly, and we've already said this today. Um, you know what happened when. And you're going back to the garden again. Was Adam absolved from his responsibility for the evil that he did? No. What did God do? God went into the garden. He dealt with Adam. He dealt with Eve. He punished them for uh, their their sin. He kicked them out of the, the garden. And for the rest of their life, and all of humankind is paying for that particular um, sin because we're, we're, we're perpetuating it. So the individual is held accountable and is completely responsible for the decisions they make. What we were dealing with was, as Steve was saying, you know, the why is this happening? Because there are forces in the earth. Um, but the, things, uh, the human is just out there making decisions without any influence on their life is, uh, is not dealing with the reality of the situation. There are, there are voices in the earth. There are two primary drivers, and that is you have the, you have the godly force and you have the, the demonic force, and people yield themselves to one or the other. Now, they're still responsible for what they, the choice they make, but there's a reason why those choices are even available to them. And you, you've got to see the bigger picture than just just dealing with this one. And then I think, I think we all have to go back and, and look at how much of this can a child understand. I think you tell the child that God loves them, all right, and and you work that part of uh, this with the child. God's there with you. He'll walk with you that something went through it. Now, if the child is old enough or wise enough that they say, but why did God let this happen? Now you got to start dealing with some bigger issues at that point. And that was the whole question. That's why I don't understand the second response, because the whole question was, why did God allow this to happen? Why did free will trump the child's free will? That was the whole question, and that's, that's the root of everything that we're talking about, is how did all of that come into play? And it's ultimately the, the question is saying, well, why did God allow this to happen? That was the basicness of the question. Why did God allow this to happen? Yeah. And what we're trying to explain is whether it be something that's so horrendous as what is done to a child or somebody just having something stolen from their life or lied to. It's because people were given a choice all the way back to Adam, and that's when wickedness entered the world, and we have an adversary who is fighting against us and God. 
or a man who was able to deceive a whole nation and killed six million people and, yeah, right. and, and hundreds of millions of innocents. Yeah, right. right. And that individual is helpful to be held accountable for the decision that they made. I mean, look, God is a better father than any of us ever will be. And all of us know that we raise our kids to live a certain way. We put values in our children, and we, we send them on a direction that we believe is the best for their life. And when they depart from that, we grieve over that. But it's not because we taught them to do wrong. It's that they made decisions to do wrong, and we grieve and we hurt. But we know as, as with grown children, they're going to make their own decision. They're going to suffer their own consequences. And this is, what, this is you know, the way God dealt with it. He, he instructed Adam and Eve. He gave them the direction. He gave them everything they needed to succeed and they chose the opposite of that. Uh, and, and they did that because the influence that was in their life that was not from God. And so they were held accountable personally for that action. So, yes, everybody that does evil is held accountable for their action. We're not absolving anyone from, from that. We're just right. dealing more with the root issue of why it even exists that they're making bad decisions. So the question is, like Steve said during the break, the question in and of itself is a theological question. But if, we don't, if people don't want a theological answer... Then, then I don't know how we. You know, if you're looking for a, a psychological answer, then that's an entirely different conversation than the one that was asked. Isn't isn't the this whole discussion that we've had so much of this, and we can close the last few minutes with the how. Last so few seconds. We about <laughs> the why. We can talk about, but now what we can say is, guess what? Here's what God did, and He can heal. If all we do is focus on the why, that's why we have so many people today that don't heal from the things, because they want to know why and they want to blame. But what we're telling you is that now there's a way of healing and restoration, even in that child. All right, in guys. every aspect, there's a way of healing and restoration. Got to jump in. Thanks for your time, gentlemen. I'll see you in two weeks, all right? o'clock hour and we told you we'd get into some different things here in this six o'clock hour when we were finishing up the six o'clock hour earlier this morning and so here we are and uh, we're going to talk about some stuff uh important stuff and let's start off uh elizabeth uh wanted me to see of some projection we talked about projection in the 6 a.m Uh, Hour a self-defense mechanism psychologically, supposedly, that you see in other people your faults. That's basically what it means. Here's what Biden had to say over the, the, the weekend. I'm worried if we did have a really good vaccine, people would be reluctant to take it. So Trump is undermining public confidence, Biden said of the president, quote, but pray God we have it. If I could get a vaccine tomorrow, I'd do it. If it costs me the election, I would do it. 
if we need a vaccine and we need it now, we have to listen to the scientists. All right. First of all, that is the most convoluted mess I've ever heard. That is nothing more than a whole mishmash of thoughts that he threw out there, hoping that he hit everybody that was listening. Uh, This is Biden talking. Uh, Secondly, uh, remember when uh, back in the day when the Indian Wars were going on, uh, Indians would say about the white man, white man speak with forked tongue. Biden speaks with forked tongue. He says one thing. He says just the opposite. And then he throws a bunch of stuff in the middle of both of those things and thinks that that way he's got you so confused you don't know what his real thoughts are. What do you think, if he Elizabeth? If he weren't a presidential candidate, it would be actually funny. And I don't mean funny in a in a funny way. It's sad. It's very sad. He cannot communicate. He cannot get the point across. You're right. He throws a bunch of things out there. They do coach him. And I think he has it written down on a little piece of paper in his hand, and he knows he's got to say these three things. So he says them, but they don't any of them go together. They don't what, They don't. Did flow. you know that it, Did you know that in a lot of the, the news conferences he's got a teleprompter? Oh, of course. He That's can't what re- you're saying he, about the debate. He can't, he can't read a teleprompter. No, because then there's actually a tape out there where he says, here's the quote, blah, 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 end of quote. He reads yeah. it out loud off the teleprompter because he doesn't know any better. He is really, I, I'm of two minds of this. I've said it numerous times. I do feel that they are abusing him as a person who's lost a parent to Alzheimer's. It hurts my heart. It hurts my heart. But at the same time, he obviously is aware enough to be somewhat cogent and know what's going on. The thing about this quote, I'm worried if we had a really good vaccine, people would be reluctant to take it. Well, I'm already seeing that. Who is undermining public confidence, though, here? It's not Trump. No, he is. the left with these comments about, oh, I wonder if we should, you know, we should not be taking it. We should be reluctant, Um, you know. And again, throwing it on Trump, who is undermining public confidence? It's not Trump. It's the left. Well, I I just know there's a lot of people out there right now that uh, and the anti-vaxxers that are out there that if they had had their way, uh, hundreds of thousands of people, more people would have died from polio. I'm just telling you right now. They would have died. I don't think people back then when they were so enamored with science that they said, oh, they've got, you know, Salk's come up with a with a treatment for this and it stops it. I'll take my child in and get them vaccinated. That that's what parents did back there. Now parents think, oh, but it's going to give them some kind of autism when, in fact, the whole study that that supports that is complete B.S. Was debunked. Again, it's an example of people who would rather believe something that uh, agrees with their belief system, number one, and that somehow or another, uh, you know, they'd rather be upset and and worked up and, and concerned without knowing the facts. There's something about that. And again, the left is feeding into that that urge to to go after information that feeds your 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 conspiracy theories, if you will, I do believe you and I both believe this vaccine thing with the autism is a conspiracy theory. Um, yeah, well, yeah. I 
I know, uh, you know, not only does Biden come out on Monday yesterday and say, you know, I would take it. I would take it in a minute. If it cost me my election, I would do it. But then he criticizes Trump for trying to push as hard as he can push to get a vaccine done quickly. So, again, out of which side of your mouth are you going to talk here? But the other thing on Monday, you know, Biden says, I'll take the vaccine. It was just Sunday. His running mate, Miss Kamala Harris, says, I would not trust Donald Trump. It would have to be a credible source of information. So I assume that she believes that Mr. Trump, our president, is personally developing the vaccine himself with no input from anybody. Well, let's I mean, that's, do that. Let's that's what talk. she sounds like. Yeah, let's talk that story. And, President well, Donald Trump. Well, and then she Trump. goes on to talk about Trump saying he wants, you know, Trump wants us to inject bleach. It debunked months ago, and she brings it up on Sunday. Okay, Tell me who is trying to undermine the public's confidence. Let's run, let's run through what you're talking about here. President Donald Trump said Monday, yesterday, that Democratic vice presidential nominee Kamala Harris is sabotaging a prospective coronavirus vaccine for political ends. He argued that his political foes are using the unprecedented rapid speed of vaccine research to attack him, creating doubts that may mean people are afraid to take it. Okay, let's disparage the vaccine, he said at a Labor Day press conference. That's so bad for this country, so bad for the world, or to even say that. Harris told CNN over the holiday weekend that she would not necessarily trust a vaccine approved by the Trump administration before Election Day unless a credible source agreed it was safe. The president has doubled down on... uh, promises to deliver a vaccine uh, quickly, suggesting it could come before the election, even as his own science officials, including the head of Operation Warp Speed, contradict him. No, they haven't, by the way. That's that's BS in and itself. Again, he repeated those claims at lie. his news conference. Yeah, I, that is a pure lie. Just uh, blatant to your face. Yeah. And she says uh, Harris went on voicing her concerns about cutting corners in ascertaining safety. How does she know that's not the case? There's new ways of training. Yeah, there's new ways of figuring out if they're using totally new ways of checking out these uh, vaccines because they have new molecular ways of uh, looking at them. Let me just point out again, this is another way the Democrats are, you know, on one hand, we, you know, follow the science, follow the science. We in America have great ingenuity and we are we are plowing new ground here in this vaccine development. And yet we have the Democrats completely disparaging our scientific community and their achievements. Yeah, just think about this. What happens if it comes next month? In October, the president says it's possible. I mean, from what I've read in uh, other uh, uh, science magazines, they are right on the cusp. They're in. They're in the third trial. This is the, the yes. make or break it trial. This is. I remember watching him. He had a meeting way back in April, I believe it was. All the pharmaceutical companies were there. They made fun of him for doing it. They made fun of the meeting. But the companies, I was astounded. They were sitting there with each other around this big table. They were all saying, hey, reaching across the table to the other company, hey, let's work together. Let's get this done. We can do this. Let's get on it. Let's move it. I was amazed. And now it looks as though they're actually making those things happen. 
and we have the Democrats again refusing to acknowledge wonderful scientific achievements made in our country that only Americans could do by working together. And on the other hand, the thing that they want to talk about to contain our to contain this so-called virus that's so deadly, wear a mask. Wear a mask. I want to make sure that you are subjected to what we tell you to do and everyone has to cover their face. Well, when we now are seeing, again, scientific information that says that, you know, they can't prove that that does a darn thing. Here's the These question. people are doing nothing but projecting and propaganda and confusing the people and misleading the public. Deliberately. All right, so, Elizabeth, here's the question. All right. You got the 21st century working on a, uh, a vaccine and they're getting close to being able to hit it. But everybody wants the companies that are doing it to use 1970s technology. That's the only <laughs> that's way, some, way of saying it. that some of these people will will accept it. Folks, we're not using 1970s uh, technology. We're not even using 1990s. We're not, in many cases, using just 21st century, early 21st century technology. This is brand new stuff they're, they're working at. This should be what they're writing about, line. okay? Yeah, You should be I seeing agree. news articles every day about these wonderful uh, you know, achievements and the different techniques that are being used, the ways these companies, are, our American companies, are working together, not necessarily instead, in opposition to each other. Instead, can before. we trust them? That's what we're hearing. Mm-hmm. Can, we, Can trust we trust them? them? Can we trust them because they're doing this and Trump's president? Because Trump asked it. Because Orange Trump, man's you know, bad. So don't you know there's something wrong? If gosh only knows that if Obama were president, they would be falling on their knees in front of him. I'm just you saying. Know that's true. You I'm know just that's saying. True. <laughs> that's just that's the way this is all playing out. And that's what we're talking about projection and we're talking about propaganda and there's a lot of propagandize going on out there and the media is not calling. I don't have any problem with the media calling on Trump when he when he goes off script and he says something stupid. I don't have any problem with him bringing that out, but I do have problems when you've got Biden and you got Harris out there saying things that are absolutely false and the media doesn't point it out. Exactly. Exactly. You know, it used to be and we won't go down that path, but it used to be the role of journalist was to point out the truth, the truth, not your truth or the other guy's truth, but the truth by showing both sides. Doesn't so let me, happen that let, way anymore. Let me, let me make our point here. Where's Joe Biden stand on fracking? <laughs> well, it depends on what day you ask, Dave. That's exactly you know? right. That's ex- but nobody points that out. Correct. Correct. From day to day, just like this on on uh, you know, <laughs> just like this on vaccines, just snap your fingers, look at the polls, and that'll tell you what he's going to say for the day because they will switch so fast it gives you whiplash. I oh I I wholeheartedly. Uh, agree with that. This is a this is a dangerous time uh, in the election now. Um, we, you know, we're in fifty days of, from uh, voting, and silly people season. Are, people are saying stuff that they're trying to get away with, and they're flat out lying. And when you got a vice president 
vice presidential candidate that's saying that, well, I'm 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 I wouldn't trust a vaccine that comes out of the Trump administration. It's not coming out of the Trump administration. It's coming out of a pharmaceutical company. Like I say, as if he personally is developing it all by himself. You know, I mean, she's such a fool. She she sounds like a fool. Yeah. Not only that, but between her and her running mate. And I say her and her running mate because it's really more about Harris than it is about Biden. We all know if they get the, the, the election, who's going to be running this country. But Harris and Biden aren't even on the same page on fracking. Well, it nope. depends on which you got to ask them on the two different days, because, you know, while the one is switching their mind, the other one's going back to the other position. They're not together on their platforms. This is a total dumpster fire train wreck. And it's like only going to get crazier between now and November 3rd because November 3rd is coming. So as a former military guy, we got to take a break right now. Uh, let me just say this. You say dumpster fire. I say cluster. All right. Well, uh, guys, yeah. <laughs> guys that yeah. the former military know exactly to what I'm speaking. All right. Uh, time and for us to get a break. And the next one is. Okay, hold Go on. Ahead. We got to take a break. <laughs> I got to get a break in and then we'll come back and and the next one is find out what that next one is when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick show. Let's move in and talk more uh, here on the Dave Ellswick show, because it was it's really important that you understand what's going on. For instance, let me let me quote something that the president or the vice president, former vice president just said. And I uh, I saw it on uh, uh, Varney and company. And it's this. He said that President Trump stands to be the first president to end up with fewer people employed than when he came into office. Now, I want you to think about that. There's some truth to that. Okay. now there's some truth to that. However, that's not all the story. What is the truth? That's the key. What's the truth? The truth is we shut down the frickin' economy. Now, there's the truth. And it's still uh, coming. It's coming back, but it's not to where it was. And it, it's like saying, let me let me make this statement. OK, let's say that I'm president and somebody says and, and there was a nuclear war during the time of my presidency. The, the country survives, but. L.A., Chicago, New York all got irritated. They all got they got zapped. Okay, so they're gone. And somebody who's running against me for my reelection says, do you know that Dave Ellswick is the first president who, as he finishes his first term, has less citizens in this country than he did when he started. And maybe the Chinese had a, you know, uh, unleashed a secret nuclear attack against us. Well, on the face of what they're saying, it's true. But once you think about it, you see that it's uh, it's a misstatement of fact. Does that make sense to you? Sure. It, uh, it sounds alarming, but let's let's look at how to break that down. You know, you got to stop and ask what assumptions are they thinking that you should make and what conclusion do they want you to reach? And is that fair? 
Is that right? Is that the whole picture? And, of course, they don't want you to know the whole picture. (laughs) Well, they think you're going to forget why the economy has shed so many jobs. It wasn't Trump's fault. It's COVID-19. Yeah, they. it, it so reminds me of whistling while you walk past the graveyard. The Democrats think we're not going to remember what has happened and what is happening during this um, coronavirus mess and how they have politicized the entire, the entire picture, all the way from the scientific results to the way it's been reported to the statistics to – and now may leave office with, the, with fewer uh, employed – well, first of all, what does that mean? That means that he's leaving office now. I don't believe that that's going to happen. I, I do don't believe either. we are in a V-shaped recovery. So, again, he doesn't know that any more than the next guy knows that. I mean, you could just go out there and make a, you know, speculative comment, and you know, all of a sudden the leftist media. If you're on the left, the leftist media will take it and run with it, as if it's fact. So you have to ask yourself, what conclusion do they want me to reach? Well, they want you to be panicked and they want you to be scared and they want you to turn to Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Well, sure. That's exactly why when they had this press conference over the weekend and they're outside, outside, (laughs) and there's only five or six media people there and everybody is social distancing. All right. But they're all wearing masks. It's not necessary to wear a mask when you're outside and you're social distancing. When you walk out of Walmart and you've been and they ask you to wear a mask when you're inside because you might come up on somebody in an aisle or when you're standing there and checking out or whatever. When you leave Walmart, do you leave the mask on? When you get in your car, do you leave the mask? Of course you don't. That's, that's, you know, use some common sense about what this man is doing. Come on. It's pretty simple to me to see what he's doing. Hey, when we come back, I want to talk to you about Chicago. I want to talk to you about violence in Chicago. Uh, Bad, bad, bad things on the south side of Chicago. It is bad. Bad, bad, bad on the south side of Chicago, uh, Elizabeth. And what I if mean, you live there? Bad. What if you live there? Can you imagine? I mean, there, you see this stuff in the news, but think about it. People actually live there or they're trying to. I can't imagine. You know, they, they can't work. You know, they've been told they have to. Their businesses are shut down because of coronavirus. You know, they try to go to the grocery store maybe to get groceries. They got to go through all this garbage on the street. Oh, yep. I can't even imagine. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. And uh, uh, what's her name? Lightfoot, Lightfeather, Lightbrained? Lightfoot. Lightfoot, the mayor there. Yeah, it should be Lightbrained, the mayor of uh, Chicago now. Uh, we're going to talk about, you know, what's reality in Chicago. It's a sad thing. I grew up outside of Chicago. Uh, yeah. I used to love to go down to the loop. I would not go to the loop now if you paid me. News is the next, and we'll, we'll come back. Yeah, we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about all of that with uh, Elizabeth Sotolaro. Here we are in the 6 o'clock hour. I promised you as we took our break uh, before we had the news that we come back, we talk about Chicago. Chicago is a sad, 
sad story. I'm just, I'm being honest with you. I mean, used to be in my area, I grew up outside of Chicago. I grew up in northwest Indiana. That's about 20 minutes from downtown, 25 maybe, about as far as Cabot is from Little Rock, downtown Little Rock. And uh, I used to to go into Chicago all the time because, you know, that's where all the big concerts were. That's where all the cool shopping was. It used to be Marshall Fields. You go down there. You go down at Miracle Christmas. Mile. I mean, it was just a it was a fantastic Ooh. area uh, to go to. Not anymore. Not anymore. Uh, it's a sad, sad area. I mean, I look when I was younger, uh, I didn't typically go to uh, Comiskey Park, not called Comiskey Park anymore. It's where the White Sox play because I was on the south side of Chicago. And south side of Chicago, in many instances, was a dangerous place to go to. I mean, you had Caprini Green and you had gangs and you had all kinds of crap. And uh, it has just gotten worse. It has just gotten uh, worse. I'm going to be kind of interesting. They got a, a remake of Candyman coming out, the horror movie from the uh, 80s, coming back out, and it deals with Caprini Green, uh, in, uh, which was one of the more notorious housing projects in America. I mean, this is where ambulances wouldn't even go into because of snipers. I mean, it was like Bosnia or something. Uh, and uh, so anyway... Make a long story short, Chicago, it really sucks now. It's terrible. Since the beginning of this year, these are these are I can hardly believe these figures. Nearly three thousand shootings. Three thousand shootings have occurred in the south side of Chicago alone. 476 deaths. And of those 476 deaths, 176 of them are children 16 and younger. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, that, 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 that's, that's mind-blowing. I mean, I feel like I'm, I need a, a roll of duct tape to wrap around my head to keep it from exploding. I'm just saying. That's Black Lives that's, Matter to who? That's it's detestable. And my God, I feel so sorry for the people that live there. I mean, this—if you wanted to do a a a, sto- a, a show. On television, of course, they wouldn't let you because it doesn't match their narrative. Do that show. Do the truth of that show. I mean, there's all kinds of issues to be dealt with in those specific types of facts. Almost 3,000 shootings, 476 deaths. 176 of those are children 16 years of age and younger. That's a horror movie right there. Unbelievable to me, and it makes my heart break because I grew up outside of what once was a great city and not is, it is not anymore. It's got real problems. 
it's a a uh, you know poster child for every other think about this many most of our large cities in the United States not only are they you know they're in they're being run by democrats and they're all in not good shape these days because hey, me, of the peaceful protesting yeah, that the democrats also, are refusing to acknowledge oh yeah the as cnn calls a fiery peaceful protest uh, let me also quote this it's in one of the strongest gun control cities in america that this carnage is going on oh yeah let's yeah let's remember that you're not allowed of to course, have guns there let's understand you got uh, they blame indiana for that yeah it's all coming across the across the border yeah <laughs> people are running over indiana buying their guns not true if you're a criminal because criminals you follow the law that's yeah, right. Because criminals yeah. follow the law. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I'd say more of the guns are being sold in a back alley somewhere out of a trunk uh, for these people than are being sold uh, in a gun store by any stretch of the imagination. Well, Which reminds me, fella, I should be getting my AR-15 12-gauge any day now. I'm looking forward to that. There you go. Coming in. The fellow that uh, murdered the Trump supporter in Portland that was then... Yeah. In a shootout with the police. Yep. He had actually been arrested prior and had his gun taken away. And there's a text out there where he texted his son, teenager, and said, "Bring me a like, gun for a quarter pound of weed and and a hundred dollars. I need I need a, a you know a gun now." And that was within a few weeks, a couple of weeks of this this fatal shooting he participated in. So yeah. guns are not hard for the criminals to find. It's only the law-abiding people. Uh, at this, on, the same, on the same token, though, again, for the month of August, I don't have it in front of me, but for the month of August, gun, gun sales have, again, not just beat the earlier records, but shot way, way up there, and I mean to use that, skyrocketed again. The gun sales, uh, Smith & Wesson is ramping up production now. Because, you know, working overtime because they can't keep things in stock. Now, I got to believe so, that that six hour is working overtime in Jacksonville right now to try to fill all the orders for ammunition uh, that they're doing. And I can't believe Remington is having uh, money problems in an era where you shouldn't be having money problems if you're a gun manufacturer. There's something more to that story as well. We were talking well, about the means truth you're making there's more you're to making, that story, and we just don't know what it is. It probably yet. is that you're making crap. I mean, I, that's that's I gotta. I'm, I'm not. I'm not being. Uh, and they used know, to flippant. be. I'm just saying Remington used to be one of the number one names in gun manufacturing, and is not that anymore. There's something going on there. Something yep. going on. In the, uh, you know, in the in the infrastructure, because six hour, from what I understand, getting ready to expand again here in central Arkansas. We've got that check gun company that's getting ready to and they're building right now. They're going to be hiring people here next year, 800 and something people to work uh, for them. I mean, uh, the gun manufacturing companies are doing well right now. They should be making yeah, hands six, over. Six hour this. took over the old old uh, uh, Kimberly-Clark plant here in Conway. I don't know if they're going to be doing gun manufacturing or 
ammo manufacturing, but they're doing something, and that's a huge facility. Well, they're sure playing that close to their vest right now because I've been trying to find out ever them. ever since that we heard the story. You know, you and I busted yes. that story a few weeks back and yes. uh, and brought it out to everybody, and I asked the, uh, the congressman, Congressman Hill, who will be on tomorrow at 7, if he knew what they were going to do, and, and even he said he didn't know exactly what was happening there. Wow. Well, in a way, I really don't blame them because, you know, the more they talk about it, the more pushback they're going to get from Conway's a college town. And we're very liberal. I say we, they are very liberal in Conway. And I'm sure that they will not be too comfortable or happy with the idea that, you know, like say we have a major six hour production uh, facility in our city. So I don't blame them for being pretty quiet about it. I suspect yeah, I they'll agree. have some pretty serious security over there at the time when they open as well. I got gotcha. you. I agree with what you're saying. I mean, I really do. The you yeah. know, with the cancel culture and everybody that's out there, you got to be you got to be careful. But I'll I'll give you credit. I'll give credit to some of the the companies. Uh, who's the the company, the bean company that uh, makes uh, beans that are? Uh, I, I can't oh, say their name. Right now, you're talking about the Hispanic company. Yeah. Um, oh Lord, I can't think of the name to save my life. But, but the one that Gova, <laughs> the Gova, one that went is that, bananas and is that what, what G O V A Gova? Is that right? Oh, go yeah, Goya is G O Y A Goya. Yeah, Goya. Yeah, you couldn't find it on the shelf three days later. <laughs> yeah, but the, they got attacked because of all this idiocy from the cancel culture and in oh, dear, and, and, that, you know. and see i don't understand the companies that are running scared from the cancel culture the ones that are standing up are the ones that are staying healthy and doing it's, well yeah and doing, and doing well doing well i mean look the people i mean aunt Shemima and all those others they're running scared right now you know even the one i, I mean, don't know that what is the one? The great is it Great Lakes butter or whatever? The one that's from Minnesota. I buy their butter. Oh yeah, Land Lakes. Yeah, Land Lakes took butter the, maiden. took the lady the off of it. You know, the butter maiden. Yeah, they took her away. I don't know that they're running scared days so much as we do need to understand that quite a few of our major companies in our country are leftist. They're owned and run by leftists, and they're going to be run in a way that follows those political beliefs. I think those people are now feeling more comfortable that they can just get out there. And uh, American Airlines, for example, over the weekend has now allowed their employees oh, BLM to wear Black buttons. Lives Matter pins or insignia. But but now, you can't you, know, you can't wear you can't wear a Trump pin. That's what I was just going to say. You can't get on a plane with a MAGA hat or a Trump 2020 hat. You can't do it. Now there's something wrong. And so you, mm. guess what? I won't be getting on an American airline. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's something wrong. And again, as long as people cower and hide and run scared, um, I'm not advocating for violence. I saw the films of the people overrunning the uh, restaurants up in uh, Rochester, New York over the weekend. Oh and the God. regular citizens are sitting there just, not fighting back. They're yeah, not doing it. anything. And they're just taking it. Um, I don't know that, you know, my little 135-pound self, if I'm, in a, if I'm in a restaurant somewhere and that goes on, I don't think I'm just going to be sitting there. 
No, I may I end don't. up in jail. I may end up dead on the floor the way things yeah. look. But I'm not going to sit there and take it. I'm an American. I have liberty. I have freedom, and I'm not going to take it. Well and said. I think it's time. There's more of us than them. We need to stand up. If we all stood up, they couldn't get away with this. That's it. Well, that's exactly Thanks. right. But here's the problem. The police, it's kind of like when you're in in school and the bully's picking on you and you finally have had enough. And so you, and pop, you, him, you pop him in the mouth and then they throw you out of school along with the bully. That's the problem. That's the I mean, problem. We've we have set this up ourselves by doing that stuff. We punish the you know the the victim in this case as much as the perpetrator. Now you and make me think about the Rittenhouse young man that was killed, who was in self defense. But the stories are that he fired a long gun into a crowd of you know peaceful protesters, and he killed a couple of people. The yeah. attorneys that are in charge of his case have been ticked off of social media because they are making the perfectly legal case, and I'm sure Rob Steinbach could speak to this more, more clearly. It's self-defense, and it's pretty clear, apparently. And yet social media and the left that controls all of these platforms has deemed that unnecessary information that you're not allowed to hear because it doesn't fit what they want. It doesn't fit their narrative. I got you. Let's take a break. We've got to get a break in. Final break for the 6 o'clock hour. We're telling you the truth. You know it. I mean, seriously, you're listening here. and you're sh- What you're and thinking. You're sh- and you're shaking your head up and down, yes, and you're right. We're just saying what you're thinking right now. And, uh, you know, the cancel culture, uh, it, it's not a lot of people that are doing it. It's a small amount, but they're, they're making enough noise that they make themselves sound like they're bigger than they are. They're just a bunch of cowards. We'll take a break. Got more coming your way on the Dave Ellswick Show. Let's finish it up here uh, today on a on a uh, six o'clock hour on the Dave Ellswick Show. Thanks for joining us. Uh, this happens every day except on Wednesday when it's the seven o'clock hour. Uh, but uh, six o'clock on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. So you get to hear me Friday at six o'clock. But by then I'll be in Hattiesburg. Uh, Mississippi, because I'll be on my way to Florida, and I'm staying overnight in Hattiesburg. It's a place I like to stay. Great Civil War uh, history uh, place, and got some great restaurants there. Really good place to 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 eat at. I, I just, vacay, baby. Yeah, vacation is going to happen, and I just can't wait. By the way, Heidi, when are you going on yours? You haven't gone on yours yet. Oh, I I don't know if I'm going to be taking a vacation anytime soon. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's just one of those things where we're like schedules and all that since, you know, I don't know. So we'll see. Okay. See, I make Heidi nervous because I live my life on the radio as an open book. Heidi's not there yet. <laughs> she She wants to have a little anonymity out there i don't blame you heidi i don't i don't i don't blame you at all it's like my, in the wizard of oz don't look behind the curtain yeah, don't my, don't look at the person who's operating and pulling the strings oh my wife gets so irritated with me because <laughs> i go on the air and talk about arguments that we have sometimes ah, and, oh my gosh and and that just drives her <laughs> that drives her 
over the edge, really. It really does. You don't right. do it as much as you used to. No, I don't. I don't because I, you know, I'm, a, I'm afraid that I'm going to end up being a Bobbit person. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying. Yeah, no, you're going to be I'm in the hoose cow is what you're going to be. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'll be out in the doghouse. I don't want to be there. I don't, I don't want to be there. But After you know, 50 years, though, you've always been very transparent. You have. You've, I've tried. Wally years. Phillips was one of my mentors, and he... He had the number one morning show uh, uh, for 30 years. He was the number one morning talk show in Chicago for 30 years except for one book, and that was his first book. After that, he was Wally number who? one. Wally Phillips was his name. He, oh. did, he did the morning show at WGN for years, and I, I got to know him a little bit, and uh, uh, I, I had lunch with him one time, and I asked him why that happened. And he said, because I get up every morning, Dave, and I go on the radio, and I take off my clothes. Yeah, okay. And, and I kind of do the same thing. You know, there's a lot of people wouldn't get on here and and call, you know, cancel culture people cowards. Because they'd be afraid of them or take on the KKK, which I've done in the past. And some of the other things that have happened on my show or talk about an, an argument that you had with your wife. And then she's, you know, this is years ago now, folks. This is not happened lately or nothing hasn't. And she's she's made the statement. Well, you know, we're not going to be having any kind of uh you know, relationship times, you know, and I went on the air the next day and said, is it is it fair to use sex as, uh, <laughs> you know, as revenge? And uh, and she got really angry about that. And I, I said, wonder well, why, <laughs> you know, and I said, well, you know, that whatever goes on here, I mean, I talk about my kids. You guys have heard me talk about my She's kids. She's got to know you. She's got to know you by now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, people, if you listen to my show, you know, you know, Dave Ellswick, I, I'm not, I didn't come in to do and talk to be Rush Limbaugh or Sean Hannity. Well, Sean is behind me, but you know, or any of those guys, I came on to be Dave Ellswick. And that's what I am. I'm Dave. The things you hear me say, I believe it's me. And I'm not afraid to say them. Some people nobody can do it would better. Be. But what some people would be, you know, they don't want to go out there and and literally lay their head on the chopping block, kind of thing. I mean, well, I've had my share of of ugly, you know, the people showing up ugly people i've had the lgbtq people walking around in front of the radio station that i worked at and uh, and causing problems but that was during a time when program directors and owners said they believed in the first amendment the problem now is there's a lot of owners yeah. and there's a lot of uh of uh, program directors that really don't believe in the first amendment here's what they believe they believe and how does this apply to the bottom line? That's different than believing in the First Amendment. Just saying. That's exactly it. Just, just saying. That is the, the, the way that it is. Hey, Fox News, big story that's going right now. 
the uh, president is slamming Democrats over the thuggery as a, a video shows protesters harass, harassing an elderly couple. Mm-hmm. Secondary story, Pittsburgh cops investigate video appearing to show protesters clashing with diners in Rochester. And then yes. Democrats, says Rob Smith, don't have the moral courage to call out Black Lives Matters protesters that harass those diners. And I agree with that. See, that that's... I mean, do you believe in principle, or are you in it just for the politics? That's Again, the key. Stand, yeah, stand up for those who are being oppressed. Stand up for those. That's part of our American ideals, is that, you know, we can stand up for those that are being beaten down and stand up for what's right. Yeah. Did you see where uh, Bolton came out? And, <laughs> and we're running out of time, but he spoke out. On the uh, Trump thing about how he disparaged uh, fallen American soldiers and said, I was there. It did not happen. That's Back not from a guy. That's not a guy that loves President Trump, by the way. All right. Not we're out at of time. All. Elizabeth, we're out of time. Thanks for being part of my show today. Always a pleasure. You've done a great job today. Fantastic job. Elizabeth Soltolaro here on the Dave Ellswick Show tomorrow. It's uh, French Hill. He'll be with me as well as Chuck and uh, Chuck. Duck and Joe will be here from the uh, you know, talk automobiles. And then I'll just be me the rest of the time on the Dave Ellswick Show. 